inspiration, success stories, expert advice, strategies, new ideas, and amazing conversations. Everything you need to become a great speaker. This is Oscar Santolaya, and welcome to Time to Shine. Hello, and thank you for joining today. We have been talking sometimes with some guests who have been TEDx speakers about their experiences. But today we are going to talk a bit more about that. How, what is the process of uh, preparation for a TEDx talk? And for that, we have an expert in this matter who has not only delivered a few TEDx talks, but also is coaching hundreds of TEDx speakers. Today we have John Bates. John Bates is in business to bring out what is awesome inside of you so you can live in the world and make a real difference. Executives from organizations like Johnson & Johnson, Accenture, NASA, IBM, Boston Scientific and more recommend him to their colleagues as the best leadership communication trainer working today. John's training is based in human evolutionary biology and human neurophysiology, so you learn not only what works, but why it works. John has trained hundreds of TED and TEDx speakers all over the world. John also works with C-level executives at top companies to make their communications TED-worthy. John is a co-author of World Class Speaking in Action, an Amazon bestseller, He's passionate about people and loves making a difference for those who make a difference. Hello, John. Hello, Oscar. Good morning. Well, good morning where I am. Good evening where you are, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I think we have 10 hours of difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic to have this conversation uh, with you. And uh, something I didn't mention is that I, I had the pleasure to see you speaking live a bit more than one year ago here in Helsinki. And yeah, I'm really excited to hear what you, you can tell us about preparations for a TEDx talk. So as you are today an executive speaking coach, could you tell us a bit of your journey to to be there where you are today? Sure. Uh, you know, and we had such a great time in Helsinki. I really, I really hope that we get to come back soon. You should, you should. Um, <laughs> we would love to. Um, so, you know, <laughs> someone asked me the other day how I got to do a job that is so cool. And I thought about it for a minute and I had to really give them the honest answer, which is I basically just failed at everything else. <laughs> and uh, so what I mean is that uh, I, for my entire career, I was working with dot-com companies and I was mm-hmm. always an early stage employee or a co-founder mm-hmm. at companies that were related to the internet. And, you know, we, I had some near hits, but all of those companies in one way or another failed. And, uh, I was always the evangelist for those mm-hmm. companies. So there, there was one company uh, that we were creating something very similar to Java. And we even had a lot of meetings with Sun Microsystems who ended mm. up creating Java. Uh, but then they did it without us. And uh, then I worked at another company that uh, sold textbooks to the inter- over the internet to college students. And uh, we went under in the dot-com bomb. And 
you know, on and on. So I had a lot of really great experiences and there were a lot of things that we were successful at, but none of those companies ever made it. Mm-hmm. And one company named goldstar.com, if anyone comes to the US, goldstar.com is a great place to get tickets to live events. That company's doing very well and that'll probably be a good retirement, but I'm not liquid on that yet. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> I I ended up you know, I, I had a great experiences and my job was always to speak to the press and travel around and speak at conferences and do business development and work with the marketing and communications team and things like that. But, uh, you know, I remember just before I started this job, doing this as a full-time job, I was really in a very dark place because I had just lost my, my last you know, job working for someone else. And I was feeling like I was never going to be able to do anything with my life. And I was just going to be a loser and, you know, just downtrodden forever. And, you know, I was really, really, really depressed. And I looked back on my life over a few month period and I was trying to figure out what is it that I have mastery in? What do I have that's really special that I could offer? And I kept thinking about being a speaker coach because I had done public speaking for my entire life. I started public speaking in high school, you know, from my freshman year. And uh, that's basically what I did for all these companies. But everybody I knew said, oh, don't be a speaker coach. There's millions of speaker coaches. You don't want to be a speaker coach, you know. Mm. And uh, finally, I just said, you know what? It's the thing that I'm good at. It's the, it's the thing I have to offer and I'm just going to do it. And then luckily, I had gotten involved with Ted right around that time. And, you know, I think what's interesting is that Ted came along right at a perfect time when video was becoming available over the internet in a way that really started to work. And so all of a sudden, you've got Ted, you've got video, and the power of public speaking became obvious to everybody again because i think for a while we forgot how powerful one person standing in front of a group of people really speaking well could be you know we thought that was for people on television not for us but now it's for everybody so i think that all that stuff came together and because i had been through so much and had so many experiences and so many failures i think failure teaches you more than success oftentimes I all of a sudden found myself in a position where I had something that was very valuable to offer people. And I am beyond grateful. I feel like I finally found my calling. And I just, I am grateful every second of every day that I found the ability to do this. Awesome. So <laughs> that might not have been briefly enough, but I hope so. Yeah, it was. And it was. And it was very, wow, very interesting how, how you end up as a speaking coach. Of course, uh, showing the, uh, you mentioned also watching some of your TEDx talk, you mentioned failure and, and one of these examples you, you just mentioned there yeah. on your dot-com companies and how you end up that. And also this, um, uh, the synergy, you know, the public speaking, the TED and the TED and the online video that became available at some point and um, allowed that is the speeches, the TED talks and all this became so... Um, so easily to to spread no people yeah enjoy d- different type of talks or presentation sharing sharing i like this share 
Yeah, it's really awesome. So I understand that you, in your public speaking career and public speaking coach career, Ted was very early in you. I understand that. So what yeah. today is Ted and TEDx for you? Well, you know, I will always be a massive fan of TED and TEDx. And one of the things that I think a lot of people don't know is that when Chris Anderson decided to make the videos available for free online, there were a lot of people who were going to the TED conference already. A lot of his clients and and people and friends and people on the team at TED, they thought that would ruin the conference. And they thought that it would be a terrible idea. And they told him he shouldn't do it. But he just knew that the world needed this content. And so he did it anyway. And that was, in my opinion, an extremely courageous act that he did. And it really changed not just my life completely, but it's changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. So for me, I, you know, I love their tagline. It's ideas worth spreading. Mm -hmm. And I, I've never worked for Ted. Like I do, I don't have an official working relationship with mm -hmm. Ted, but I have trained some Ted speakers and I've trained hundreds of TEDx speakers for specific conferences like um, I worked a long time ago with TEDx Santa Monica and I worked with um, TEDx Venice Beach and TEDx Vilnius and TEDx Dais in Yemen. And so I've worked with a lot of different TEDx events to train their speakers. And then I've spoken at some of them too. So for me, you know, the, that was the other big thing that TED did was not just put their own videos online, but they also gave people who were inspired by TED the opportunity to do a TED-like event mm. in their town. And something that I think a lot of people don't know is that TEDx is almost always associated with a place. And the reason for that is because people in all these places said, hey, you know what? We've got wonderful people here where we are we want to have an event with that great TED audience and those great TED kind of speeches and do it here in Los Angeles or here in Helsinki or wherever. So um, that's, that's how TEDx got started. And I think that that was another thing that people said to Chris Anderson, hey, you know what, this is going to ruin the TED brand. If you let people have these TEDx events, it'll ruin the brand. And he said, no, you know what, we have to do this. The world needs this, so we're going to do it. And I think both of those things are just extremely generous, and I'm super happy that he did that. So, you know, for me, a TEDx talk is the opportunity for someone to get on stage and share one of the most important ideas that they could share with you. Yeah, it's, uh, I agree with what you say. It's, um... The way you you explain how this uh, TED became so easily available as it is now in online and also the TEDx format and as you said some well anybody can stand up has something Im interesting to say what is uh, touching his life what he's so passionate about can can bring it to the to the rest of the world yes. And so you could you tell us what how was your very first TEDx talk? Tell us a little bit about that. 
Okay, I'd be happy to. And you know, I'll tell you, um, this is a really painful story <laughs> for <Okay>. me because <laughs> I blew my first talk. And actually, I'll tell you about the first time that I spoke at the TED conference because um, that was before I spoke at TEDx. But I got invited mm-hmm. to speak at the TED conference. Okay, at one you know one of those early years that I was going. I think it was 2011, and. Uh, one of the things that was interesting is that they said to me, John, you know what? We want to give you a short time frame because we think you're a good speaker and you might do something really great. And if you do something really great, mm-hmm. we want to, sh- we might show it on the big Ted stage to everybody. And I was like, whoa, wow, that would be fantastic. You know, oh my gosh. So I, decided that I wanted to talk about virtual worlds and virtual goods because it's the industry mm-hmm. that I was in at the time. I worked with a with a Swedish game maker called Entropia Universe, and they're the only people in the world who have a virtual economy in a game that's backed at a fixed exchange rate with U.S. dollars. So it's 10 to 1 U.S. dollars fixed exchange mm-hmm. rate. So very, very, very interesting and very early, you know, this was before Bitcoin and all that kind of stuff. And I saw this thing coming. So I knew it was going to be cutting edge and new and that's what Ted's all about. And so uh, I wanted to talk about that and I got to talk together. But here's the big problem. I had made two big mistakes, Oscar, and I think it's very typical for people to make these mistakes. So the first mistake I made is I tried to cram everything mm-hmm. into my four minute talk. I just thought, wow, there's all these things I have to talk about. So I'll just talk a little bit fast and I'm going to tell everybody about everything. <sighs> and here's the saying that I forgot. When you cram your information in, you cram your audience out. My mentor and friend Craig Valentine told me that, but I forgot. And I crammed my information in and it just, the audience didn't get any of it because there was too much information for the short time that I had. No one really got any of the message. It was just horribly embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to look back on that. I can't even tell you. It just makes me sick to my stomach. But the big thing to take away from that is Don't try and cram everything in. When it's a TED or a TEDx talk, the longest that you will ever have is 18 minutes. And usually they give you less than that because the most popular talks online, the ones that people watch the most, are usually somewhere between 8 and 12 minutes long. So it's not very long that you have on the stage when you're speaking at TED or TEDx. And that's the first thing to really get clear about is how little time you have. And the fact that when you get trained by TED to speak, when they tell you, when you're going to talk for them, they say, what is your one idea Mm -hmm. worth spreading? Not your two or three ideas or your, you know, four or five. It's what's your one idea idea. So when you get an opportunity to speak at TEDx, it's very important that you narrow things down. Don't cram too much information in and focus on that one idea we're sharing. So I didn't do that very well. And then the other thing that I did, Oscar, that's even more embarrassing is that I had this little part of me that really wanted to kind of promote myself. (laughs) And you know what? That is a big mistake. 
it's the worst thing that you can do when you get on a TED or a TEDx stage. If you've got a brand new book out or if you're, you know, this is what your work is, certainly you could talk about it. But there's a difference between talking about it because it's part of your most important idea or talking about it because you want everybody to know how cool you are and, you know, go check out your website and all that kind of stuff, which they'll do. They'll, they'll totally check you out and think you're cool. If you don't try to sell yourself, <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So I am deeply embarrassed to admit both of those things. It still makes me, you know, my skin crawl, but I think that it's worth, telling people that because that way they might not make that same mistake. Because I think it is very human to, because TEDx is a really great opportunity to get in front of brilliant people who care, who, who probably would like your book or whatever. But if you approach it like that, it, it will not go very well for you. You want to, I think it's much more important to think, and here's the question I ask people, Oscar, when I train them for TED and TEDx, I say, okay, you got invited to speak at TED or TEDx, here's the question. If you knew the whole world would listen to you for just a few minutes, what is the most important thing that you could tell them? If you knew they were going to listen and you knew they would mm -hmm. want to get it, what's the one idea that you have that is the most important thing you could share with everyone? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it's a great question to to get started in the right way. <laughs> yeah, and I did not really approach my first talk that way. Um, so subsequently after that, I talked about light pollution because it's something that I care very deeply about, and uh, you know the way that it impacts both human beings' health and well-being, and the way that it impacts wildlife because we kill a lot of turtles and birds and bugs and things like that because we indiscriminately have just lighted up the night and we evolved the whole planet evolved going through cycles of light and dark but now when you look at a picture of earth at night there's very little dark left so it's just light and light and that yeah. doesn't work for anybody or anything so because i thought that was such an important topic i did a much better job speaking about that. And then there was uh, another one that I gave, which is one of my more important, I think, ideas to contribute of all of my ideas, which was called the compliment experiment. And there's actually a version of that at TEDx Vilnius. If people want to find it online, they can just search John Bates TEDx Vilnius and see the compliment experiment. And, you know, both of those went far better. And I think people were much more into me and probably checked out my website and all that kind of stuff more than the time that I was trying to promote myself. It's once I really said something that I cared about deeply that I thought they would care about that things started to go better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, the great thing is that, um, yeah, you kept going. So, okay. The, the first, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> That is one thing, Oscar, that I will give myself credit for is that uh, I have failed a lot and I have failed spectacularly badly, but at least I got up again, you know, and I think you're not really, you really haven't failed until you don't get up again. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, John, and now that you mentioned your your beginnings with TED, uh-huh. what happens if, for instance, someone in the audience now is uh, a few days after this is suddenly called but someone telling, uh-huh. uh, okay, we have a new TEDx event in the city. Nobody knows mm-hmm. about this. And okay, we thought you would be a good speaker for that. <laughs> so, that, you know, that's, isn't that, <laughs> wouldn't that be a great phone call to get? <laughs> of course. That would be a great phone call. Well, so here's a couple things, Oscar. I think the very first thing that I would do if I got that call, mm-hmm. I would say to them, wow, I'm very honored. Thank you for, for that. Do you have any uh, particular thing that you'd like me to talk about? Because sometimes the organizers will will call you because they have something particular that they want to hear from you. And if they do, then you certainly it's a good idea to hear what they have to say and mm-hmm. think about it. You know, you you can always suggest, hey, that's a great idea, but I wonder what do you think about this if you want to suggest something else. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to know why they called you and what it is they want you to do. And and I think that shows some respect for them. But then, you know, let's say that they said, well, you know, we just think you're great and we love what you're doing and we just want to hear whatever it is you want to say. Well, then I recommend, and this is probably the the important step for everybody, no matter what, ask yourself that question. If you knew Mm -hmm. the world would really listen for just a few minutes to you and really take what you said to heart, what is the number one thing that you would want to tell them? Mm -hmm. The same question. Mm-hmm. Same question. That is that I think is one of the best questions that I ever ask people when I'm helping them prepare for this. And when you really take that question on very seriously, it, it you know, it, the world looks different once mm. you really take that question on and you say, okay, wow, what would I say? What if really the world listened? What would I say? What is the thing I've learned? You know, and, and I tell people, um, I tell people that one thing I really like about TED Talks is that the best TED Talks, I believe, make you feel like you're an insider with the person who's speaking. They don't, people don't come to TED and do the same old talk that they do everywhere else. They come to TED and do a new talk, and sometimes they might talk about what it's like to be the person that gives that talk all the time, but they don't just come do that talk. And so when you get invited to speak at TEDx, something else to think about is what is that unique thing that you could tell the TED audience that you don't usually talk about to your other audiences? What is that that special thing that would make this a special talk for them and give them some kind of insider information? Because when you feel like you're an insider with someone, you certainly care about them more. And it it is it honors that TED audience, which is such a special, high caliber audience in the first place. So I think that's another good thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you gave us already great ideas how to to get started if you're going to deliver a, a TEDx talk. And could you tell us um, what will be the rest, the rest of the process until you you deliver the talk? Do, do you have some main ideas, main steps? What could you yeah. say? Yeah. Sure. I, uh, I think that um, 
Well, you know, I'll tell you at the end of the of the podcast that I do have a course that's all about this. So if somebody is interested in my assistance with that, I've got an online course that will give your listeners a very good discount for if they want it. However, if they don't get it or they just want to listen to this podcast and get some good advice, I'm happy to do that too. So here's how I like to start when it's an, a speech that's this important. I will take yellow sticky pads, mm-hmm. like 3M post-it notes, and I will write down one idea or one story or one point that I want to make on a yellow sticky and then stick it on the wall. And then I'll say, ah, oh, maybe I want to tell this story and I'll write that and I'll put it on the wall. And then I'll say, maybe I need to make this point and I'll put it on the wall. And now when I'm done with that, I end up with a wall full of yellow stickies, <laughs> you know, the yellow 3M stickies. And I'll look at them and I'll start to think, okay, well, this one for sure is important. I have to tell that story. This one, maybe not so much, Mm -hmm. so I'll leave it here. So I'll move the ones that I think are the most important over to another part of the wall. And then when I've got all the stuff that I think is the most important, whatever's left over, I'll keep because that might be another speech, but it's not this speech. Mm -hmm. And then the things that I've moved over that are important, now I'll start to look at them and think about what order I could put them in and things like that. And then once I've done that process, I now have in yellow sticky format basically an outline of my talk. And then it just depends on what I feel like that day. Sometimes I'll write it out all the way word for word. Uh, Sometimes I'll just turn it into an outline and start working on it from the outline. But one thing that I think is, is important is that if people write their speech out word for word, remember that it takes a really long time and it is very difficult to memorize Mm -hmm. a speech word for word. I don't know if people know this, but most TED speakers have more than a year to work on their speeches. A lot of those people on that stage have been working for a year or more to get ready for that time on stage. So if you don't have quite that much time, What I recommend is write it out. If you want to write it out word for word, write it out word for word, but then move it to an outline and practice giving it from the outline so you're not stuck with word for word. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I believe that for TEDx TEDx talk is very difficult to memorize. I think it's nearly impossible, yeah. Yeah, and when you're doing it from me- like a memorized word for word, it also sometimes sounds a little bit fake. It sounds mm, like sure. it's a little canned. And then it's also very difficult if you mess up because you got to go almost all the way back to the beginning to keep going. You know, it's like the alphabet song. If I say sing the alphabet song from uh, you know, I, you have to go uh A B C D E F G H <laughs> I J K L M N O P, right? You have to go all the way back to the beginning because it's memorized word for word. So working from an outline and then just preparing, you know, practicing it over and over and over and over and over again is what I think is the best idea, unless you have time to memorize it word for word, and that's what you want to do. So then when you've got that outline, I recommend practicing the speech out loud as often as you can in front of 
you know, just for yourself and then do it for your family and then do it for some friends and see if you can get some different audiences and ask them for their feedback. And then there is an art to knowing what feedback to take and what feedback not to take, <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen, listen to the things that make sense to you and don't listen to the things that mm -hmm. don't make sense to you. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's true. And then here's another thing that I think is interesting. And this is, you know, for somebody who gets this and does it, this will make a life changing difference. But what I see very often is that people create a really good talk this way. They'll create a really good TEDx talk. But I'll send them back one more time and I'll say, you know what? Go back and dig even deeper. What's that thing that you're afraid to share here? What's that thing that you're, you know, hiding? What's mm -hmm. the thing that you aren't putting in here that would really make a difference for the audience? Go back and think about it one more time. And when they do that, it's amazing what happens. You know, do your very best speech and you think you're done and then go back and try one more time. What's the thing under the surface that, that you didn't say yet? Mm -hmm. To be more and personal. Be more personal, yeah. Mm. And then I recommend practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing <laughs> and practicing and practicing. And people will say, oh, but John, if I practice that much, it's going to seem like I practiced a lot. And I'm like, yes, that's true. But beyond that, if you practice even more, you'll get to a point where you've practiced so much that it looks like you didn't practice. Exactly. And <laughs> That's the goal. It's ironic, so, yes. <laughs> yes, it's very ironic. And it just takes a lot more practice to get to that point where it looks like you didn't practice at all. And that's what you want because then you can be on stage and actually be present with the audience and not be thinking about what you're going to say so hard. You know, and finally, the thing that I tell people is when you walk off that stage, you are either going to feel terrible because you did a pretty good job, but you know you could have done better. Or you're going to walk off that stage and you're going to feel great because you did everything you could. And you spent all the time you knew you should mm. practicing and preparing. And that's going to feel great. And if you do your speech and you get it done weeks before the event, and then you practice for those weeks, you will own what you say in a very different way than if you finish your speech a few days before and mm -hmm. practice a lot, you know? Sure, sure. It's going to be more internet, more inside you. No? Yes. More, more part of life. you. Yes. Absolutely. It'll be in your bones and your flesh as opposed to <laughs> something that you just kind of finished a few days ago. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, I don't know if that was your, your, your last step for the recommendation. Yeah, you know, and then there on the page that uh, that I'll tell people about for my course, there's a place where people can sign up and get a series of short little videos with some more tips mm -hmm. for te specifically for TEDx talks. So if people want more tips about TEDx, then they can go to the page that has my course on it and just sign up for those free tips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. And could you... Uh, share one one particular experience you as a as a coach as a TED and TEDx coach yes like with one of one of the people that I coach yes mm -hmm. 
boy, you know, gosh, there, it, there's so many amazing stories and people. And that's one of the things that's just so great about TED and TEDx is that you have these people who are just absolutely top in their field, mm. who are super passionate about what they do and love what they do. And then they come and they really want to be generous and share something important with people. And it all, it just, it's so amazing. You know, I will tell you, um, well, you know, <laughs> one thing is one great success story, I think, uh, was we worked with a, with Dolph Lundgren. Now Dolph Lundgren is a very famous actor. Have you ever heard of him? Mm. Um. He, he was in the Rocky, one of the Rocky okay. shows a long time ago. And he was the Russian boxer. Oh, really? Okay, and, okay. and then he was also in the untouchables. He's one of the guys in the untouchables. And, uh, he's this big Swedish guy, really, tough guy like you know he's a great karate fighter a great martial arts fighter and and big and scary looking and everything <laughs> and uh i mean very handsome but you know you wouldn't want him mad at you <laughs> and uh and i got a chance to work with him on a speech that he did recently at a tedx uh tedx fulbright event and he talked about how growing up his father had beat him. Mm. And he talked about all the ways that he internalized that and how it made him act very badly. You know, he would get in fights and he would drink too much mm. and all this stuff. And he talked about how recently with the fame that came with the, with the untouchables, he knew that if he wasn't careful, he would go back to doing that again. So he started going to therapy and he started meditating and he started really taking on his own demons. Mm. And what he got from that is that if you really want to help heal the world, you need to heal yourself first. And I think that that was such a beautiful, generous, risky, wonderful move that it was just a super big honor to be able to work with him on that. And he was so generous and super coachable, mm. just was a great student and did a phenomenal job and came to the party ready to do whatever he had to do to convey his message. You know, that's something that I think a lot of people would be really afraid to admit or talk about, but he was willing to do that. And I think it was phenomenal. Yeah, showing the the vulnerability. So. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. and being and really sharing what he got out of uh, out of taking himself on. You know, really inspiring. Wow, it sounds like fascinating. So I have to watch this this talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, TEDx Fulbright, Dolph Lundgren. All right, excellent. We will watch it. <laughs> cool. Good. John, could you now share with us what is your favorite quotation? You know, there is a quote from a Western writer. He would write Western cowboy novels, you know, from the American West. Mm -hmm. And one of the lines in his book says, there will come a time when you think everything is finished. Mm -hmm. That 
is the beginning. (laughs) And if I would have known that when I lost my $80 million.com company, Mm. I would have looked at things in a very different way. Cause when that was over, I really thought it was finished. You know, I thought I was finished. I thought everything was finished. I thought, you know, that was it, but it really turns out, no, that was just the beginning. And so I think that that's a really great saying to remember, especially if you're afraid of failure, like all human beings are, there'll come a time when you think everything is finished and that is the beginning. <laughs> yeah, such a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you like it. Could you now um, share with us one book that has been particularly inspiring, influential for you? Yeah. Uh, boy, you know, there are a lot of books that I would like to share with you. I think, though, for our conversation, probably the best would be a book about public speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So I will tell you a book by another Tedster. Her name is Nancy Duarte. And mm-hmm. the book that I recommend above all else for public speaking is called uh, Resonate. R-E-S-O-N-A-T-E. Resonate by Nancy Duarte. And that, I think, if you're going to read one book about public speaking, that is probably one of the best that I could recommend. There certainly are other good books. Um, and I do have on my blog, I've got a, a blog post called Invaluable Resources. So if people go to my website, executivespeakingsuccess.com, and look for Invaluable Resources, there's, there's a whole bunch of great resources for public speaking there. But the book that I would recommend above all else is Resonate by Nancy Duarte. All right. Ex- excellent. Yes, she's a really amazing author. I haven't read that book yet, actually, but yes. Uh-huh. I have yeah. heard all the best about this, <laughs> that book. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. And, you know, she's a TEDster and she's worked with a lot of people mm-hmm. who have presented on the TED stage, like uh, Al Gore. Wow. She helped him with all those beautiful graphics and that really great visual presentation that he did about an inconvenient truth. Yes. Okay. And very, very, very good. Awesome. John, now could you share with us an ex- exercise as something practical that you recommend doing it daily or weekly as a routine to shine? You know, I I will. I there and there again, there, there are a number of things that I think I could recommend, but I think that the thing that maybe people don't do or don't know or mm-hmm. haven't heard about yet that I would recommend is that I think it is a really great practice to sit down and maybe you take notes on a daily basis and then you th- really sit down and work on this on a weekly basis or something but look for the stories that you could tell that would make a difference for other people and so often when I ask people that I work with, hey, what's a story that you could tell that would make a difference for, say, your employees or something, or the people on your team that you're going to be speaking to, they say, oh, I don't have any stories, mm. you know, I don't, I, nothing exciting <laughs> happens to me or whatever. And, you know, they're always wrong. <laughs> they're <laughs> always wrong. We just talk about it for another few minutes and they all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, I guess I do have stories. <laughs> and you know what? Every day something happens that you, mm-hmm. that you could have a story about. And here's the important advice. It's from a guy 
named Les Brown, who's one of the Mm -hmm. most popular public speakers of all time. And he told me, never tell a story without a point and never make a point without a story. (laughs) So when you think about the point that you want to make, I think it's a really great practice to look back and think about what's a story that I either have lived through or heard or know about that I could tell to make this point. (laughs) And if you start looking at it on a daily and weekly basis, you'll find that you've got all kinds of stories, all kinds of stories that you could tell people that would make a difference for them. So when something happens to you that you think could be a good story, just say, okay, well, what point could this story make for people? And then once you figure out what the point could be, and it could be many different points, but what is it you want that point to be? Then now you've got a story with a point, and that's one of many, many stories that you have that you could personally tell people that would make a difference for them. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great um, that you are reminding us the importance of, of this of um, of coming up um, from the memory from our memories uh-huh. the, the good story that can fit uh, when you want to s- say a point, and as you said, um, impact others with these stories. Yeah. Yes. So thank you very much, John. It was a pleasure talking with you. Could you tell us how we can uh, learn more about you, follow you? What are the best ways for that? Yeah, sure. I I would be happy to. I'm at uh, John Bates, so at John Bates on Twitter. And I'm also on LinkedIn as just John Bates. Um, And my website is executivespeakingsuccess.com. And on my website, I've got a blog. So there are some good blog posts there if, if people want more resources and things. I also have a YouTube channel, Executive Speaking Success. Or actually, I'm sorry, it's uh, YouTube Exec Speaking, E X E C Speaking mm-hmm. on YouTube. And at that website, there, there's Uh, there are a bunch of good leadership communication hacks, very short videos that I did that help people with their leadership communication. And there's also a collection of really good TED Talks. So if you want to see what I think are some of the best TED Talks ever, mm-hmm. you can go find them on my YouTube channel. And then finally, that course that I was mentioning, if you want to go see more about the course, you could go to speaking.executivespeakingsuccess.com. And there's also a link from my main webpage, Executive Speaking Success. When you click on that, it'll take you to a thing where you can sign up for some free tips if you want them. And if you want to get the course, you can just find it at the bottom, say buy the course. And then when you buy the single seat license, if you use the code Time to Shine 16, you can get that course for a 75% discount because I just love that you had me on your show. I really appreciate the opportunity. I loved Helsinki and and Finland and would love to offer this to people if they want it. So it, you know, for me, it's not about the money as much as it's about making a difference and having people get the thing that they really want to say out into the world, that thing they have to share out into the world. So, um, If they use that code, the 
time to shine 16, put it in the, the coupon code box mm-hmm. and hit apply. It'll take the course from $500 to $124. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot. And definitely I'll put all this information there also on the show notes of this episode. So I can go and check it in. And yeah, I'm sure there's fantastic uh, material content on your website. I also had a look at that. And well, it would be awesome really seeing you again here in Finland. And I wish you all the best, John. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you. I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for bringing all these great people to the airwaves. And uh, I look forward to seeing you again soon. We are definitely going to do our best to get back to to Helsinki soon. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Did you like it? Please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or visit us at timetoshinepodcast.com. Until next time, 